Good evening to all. We appreciate your attendance, your decision to come out and to uh, worship with us this evening. As the hands of time continue to move along swiftly, the older I get, the swifter they move. They told me that would happen. At any rate, um, as, as uh, the calendar has moved along, we have come again to uh, one of our elder-led prayer sessions. The eldership takes turns uh, in formulating and uh, laying out what we will be praying for in the scriptures that uh, we will read before the prayers this evening. Uh, tonight was Rick's Night in the Barrel, so uh, we appreciate Rick and uh, the things that he has put before us this evening. Uh, what we will be talking about this evening are public servants. We will be praying for public servants. We will be reading scriptures that have to do with things such as uh, police officers keeping the peace and first responders uh, helping in times of need and military personnel and leaders in government. Those types of things are what our focus will be this evening. The order will be, uh, firstly, I will be uh, reading three selections that Rick has, uh, has selected, and then we will be having a prayer for first responders uh, things like uh, policemen, EMS, uh, firemen, fire uh, women also, uh, those, those types of uh, folks. And then uh, after that prayer, Brother Sam Collier will come forward and uh, he will have a couple readings as well. And Sam will be focusing on our military personnel. And then uh, after Brother Sam Nelson will come forward and uh, he will have a reading as well. And Nelson will focus his prayer upon uh, leaders in our government. And then lastly, Rick will come forward and he will uh, deliver our devotional and invitation part of uh, the service tonight. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> Sermon on the Mount. That's where we will begin tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus speaking here says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Turn with me, if you will, then to Psalms 82, verses 3 and 4. Psalms 82, verses 3 and 4. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. And lastly, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Titus 3, 1 and 2. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to men. Let's have a prayer. Father in heaven, we come... Uh, Tonight, Father, firstly thanking you for the opportunity of uh, coming together today. Father, we appreciate the time that you uh, grant to us. We appreciate, Father, the blessings that you make a part of uh, our days upon this earth. Father, we come uh, expressly tonight, Father, thinking of uh, first responders. Those who, Father, uh, many times put themselves into uh, situations, Father, that are inherently dangerous. 
those, Father, who would be uh, running towards a problem when many times uh, we would seek to run the other direction. Father, we thank you for uh, those who have a heart that, are, that is willing to, uh, to do these things. We realize, Father, that it does take uh, special personalities to effectively do these jobs. Thank you, Father, that uh, we are all individual. Thank you, Father, that we do have distinct personality traits that differ from one another. And Father, uh, in your infinite wisdom, you knew that uh, those types of personalities, Father, could be used in, in different areas of service. And Father, I, uh, I come thanking you for those who are willing to, uh, to be in those situations tonight. Father, we pray that uh, you would be with those individuals as they uh, do their job, Father. We ask that you would keep them safe. We realize, Father, that uh, many times the situation that these men and women are faced with are uh, not pleasant. We realize, Father, that many times these individuals are seeing and dealing with individuals, Father, and with uh, circumstances uh, that are not pleasant. Realize, Father, that many times these folks are seeing people who uh, are having possibly the worst day of their lives. We pray, Father, that you would uh, that you would keep them in the hollow of your hand as they perform these duties and as they care, Father, for uh, for those who are in need. We pray, Father, that uh, you would be with their hearts. Father, I pray that you would uh, help them, Father, to remember, Father, the, uh, the importance of the job that they do. I would imagine, Father, that there are times when uh, these types of things could feel thankless. Think especially, Father, of uh, maybe police officers. Uh, Father, we know that many times they are looked on in a less than favorable light. Father, it's, uh, it's our prayer that you would uh, help them to, to realize and remember, Father, the importance of the job that they do. Father, we ask that you would be with uh, those who are served. In the circumstances, Father, where hearts need to change, Father, we pray that hearts would be softened that have been hardened by sin. We pray, Father, that uh, those who are, who are in such need of the good news of the gospel of your Son, Father, would have hearts that would uh, accept and receive that gospel, Father. Pray, Father, that those who, uh, Father, are struggling with uh, things such as addictions, uh, Father, things that uh, restrict the freedoms that we have in Christ, would realize, Father, that the only true freedom is in Christ. We pray, Father, that uh, things would happen in such a way that many would be uh, 
would be touched by the gospel. Be with us tonight as we continue to worship Father, our aim and our prayer is that uh, the things that we say and do in, in our worship would be pleasing to you, Father, because that is, that is our aim, that is what we want to do, is to please you, Father, with our worship. These things we ask in the name of uh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. As Tim uh, indicated, I will um, take a portion of, of uh, some readings and prayer time with you as we work together in prayer to focus on uh, our military personnel. And Rick has selected a couple of passages. If you'll turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, many of you would be familiar with this passage. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1 and read the first eight verses. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20. We'll read the first four verses of this passage. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go, excuse me, when you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we uh, continue our prayer uh, this evening as we work as a body of believers together here in prayer together to pray for our military personnel, the men and women that serve in this country's uh, military forces, Father. We pray for those who serve today and um, put everything that they have on the line for our country, Father, that they have made this decision to serve and their families, and we pray for them. We pray for those who have served this country before, as there have been many who have sacrificed their lives, 
given their very lives for this nation, Father, and those who survived many battles and many years of service uh, for our country. We pray for them. We pray for those uh, who are considering serving and, and will serve in the future, Father. Father, we see your hand throughout your word in the workings of countries and nations. We see you guide nations, protect nations, lead them to victory. We see you use other nations, Father, to uh, punish other, other nations, Father. We see that you are so mighty in the workings of man, kind, and the nations that he forms. And we know that uh, your hand would still be at work in this world we are in today. We pray for our country and, and our place in this world and that you would um, uh, be with us. But Father, for those that serve in our military, we pray for their safety. Um, the world is a dangerous place. We pray that you would be with them and that, uh, that uh, each and every one that serve would would know you and know your son and come to know your gospel if they do not know. We pray for their peace of mind and we pray that, um, that their services in a um, defense and aggressive natures that are sometimes needed in our country, we pray that those services would not be needed, that, that our country could know peace and that those serving could know peace and safety while they serve. It's these things we ask, Father, as we think about these people. In the name of your righteous Son, Jesus Christ, and amen. I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Romans 13. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. This time let's pray for our government officials and for the state of, of our nation. Our Father in heaven, we come to you tonight asking you to be with those that have been elected to positions of authority within our country. Father, from our president, through our Congress, and, and right on down, we pray, Father, 
that um, you would help these men and women to do those things which would bring about peace and that would bring about the freedoms, maintain the freedoms that we have long enjoyed in this country. We also pray, Father, that through their actions, um, freedoms and peace might be extended elsewhere into the world. Father, we also realize that in this country, that as citizens, we have the, the privilege to vote for those who will lead and guide us. Father, my prayer this evening is that each of us would realize how wonderful a benefit and a privilege that is, and that we would not shirk that privilege, that we would see it as a responsibility to maintain the democracy and the freedom that this country was founded upon. Father, we realize that oftentimes that people can grow very cynical when they feel that elected officials are not doing the right thing. But help us to dwell on what your spirit just told us through the words of the Apostle Paul. Help us to realize, Father, that in the first century there was a, a very, uh, a government full of tyranny, a government full of evil, a government that persecuted those of faith. And yet you tell us to be subject to higher powers. But not only to be subject, but to pray for those people. Father, help us to do just that. Help us to carefully consider in the upcoming elections and that we would seek to understand what these people believe and stand for and what their platform is and then that we would truly use our power to vote based upon the, the precepts of your word. Pray, Father, that you would help us not to just see it as a matter of, uh, of a two-party system voting for either a Republican or a Democrat, but to look to see truly whether these people that we're going to vote for would stand upon the principles of your word and would lead in such a way that we could have peace and freedom. Also pray, Father, that you would help our leaders to have the wisdom and the strength, the backbone, to lead our nation back into the ways of God. Help them to realize what the founding fathers and the bedrock um, articles of, of our nation believed and rested upon and go back to those standards, Father. We pray again that these officials would lead us 
in peaceful ways and not into war. And that they would strive for peace with all men as much as it lies within our power. Finally, Father, I pray this evening that each of us as Christians would have the courage to stand for what you have told us is right. Father, I pray that you would help us to be people of great faith and great conviction and that we would follow your word, but when our government would command or lead us in paths that are contrary to your word, that we, like the young Hebrews that we heard about this morning, would stand solidly upon saying, we will not obey the king's command, but rather we will obey the God of heaven. That we would have the faith and courage that they showed, even if it would lead to imprisonment or death, that we, like the apostles in the first century, would say, we must obey God rather than men. Give us that faith and that conviction, dear God. Continue to be with our nation. Thank you so much for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we do pray. Amen. Good evening. This um, topic may not be typical for what you would hear on a on a typical Church of Christ Sunday evening service, but really these aren't typical times that we're living in. <clears throat> They're actually pretty strange times that we're living in because based on what we see and read in the see on the news and reading the papers, there's a growing number of people that have no respect for police officers, and they have no respect for our legal system in general, especially if a verdict is given that doesn't match their own personal views. You know, there have been many reports of police officers being uh, shot or killed for no, no reason at all. And we've seen riots break out because of verdicts were rendered that didn't match their expectations. So with all this going on, I thought it'd be a good idea to remind ourselves of the biblical authority for government in general and to thank those who serve in the various capacities that make our country and our neighborhood safe. We need to keep those that protect us in our prayers. Now we can see in the passage that, uh, that Nelson read in, from Romans 13, you know, Paul tells us that we're be, to be sub subject to our government. You know, without a government, without any laws, it would just be anarchy. And that's what Paul's trying to get at here, I believe. And I particularly like verse 3 of, of that passage where it says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one in, who's in authority? Then do what is good. You know, it's pr pretty simple as that. And there's many examples in the scriptures where God used various kings or governments, if you will, for his purposes. And oftentimes, if you've been following along in our daily readings, you'll find some of these people aren't really people we would consider to be fine, upstanding citizens. You know, they wouldn't, they didn't necessarily agree with or go along with God's will. However, they still served a purpose in God's plan. And it may surprise you that God doesn't authorize one form of government over another. And he doesn't say that we only have to obey the laws 
when we like the laws or we like the current leader. And our government structure is much different from that in Rome at the time of Christ. But we can still be Christians. In our youth group or youth missions went over to Switzerland this year. Switzerland has different laws than we do and a different form of government, but they can still be Christians. You know, I love the freedom that we have in the United States and the fact that through our vote, we can have a say in our government. But that's not to say that I agree with every law that has been passed or I like every elected official. But I still have an obligation and a duty to abide by the laws of this country. And that's what Paul's telling us in Romans chapter 13. So you know, if you kind of use your imagination, think back and imagine that you're a farmer in colonial America. You're living peacefully, uh, just minding your own farm, and word comes that a bunch of politicians in Philadelphia have declared independence from Great Britain. Now you're aware of what Paul teaches in Romans 13 about being in submission to governing authorities, but what should you do? You know, which side should you take? What if General Washington comes along and conscripts you to join his revolutionary army? You know, so the real question is, is how should Christians relate to their government? And hopefully, hopefully none of us will ever face a dilemma like the one I described. But Romans 13 raises uh, this and other important issues concerning our relationships with our government. Now, if you're just reading through the book of Romans, at first glance, chapter 13 kind of seems out or out of context because Paul shifts subjects there with little transition or no introduction at all. But in the whole context, Paul's speaking about how believers are to live and love and to get along peaceably with all people. He's just forbidden taking vengeance and advocating treating those who mistreat us with kindness. Well, this raises some more questions for us. You know, is it wrong to report those who mistreat us to civil authorities? For prosecution? Is it wrong to use force against an aggressor? To answer this, Paul shows in Romans 13 that it is proper for the governments to protect law-abiding citizens and to punish evildoers. Now, laws with no enforcement are absolutely meaningless. So how are, how are the laws to be enforced? Now, in Jesus' time, you know, it was typically up to the military who were the enforcers. Now, in today, in America here, we have different uh, rely on different a system of police jurisdictions, if you will, to enforce the laws within that area or within that jurisdiction. Now, the officers, the, the police officers, encounter a wide variety of crimes and criminals, and they're often put in very dangerous situations. Therefore, they carry weapons to protect themselves and to protect the public from criminals. Now, I want to be clear, a police officer who carries a weapon is different from a criminal who carries a gun. One is a lawbreaker, the other's a law enforcer. One's a peace officer, and the other is disturbing the peace. Now we have several members of this congregation that who are serving or have served as police officers. Their job's not an easy one, and we need to keep them in our prayers as they serve to make our streets and our neighborhoods a safer place. Another important duty of the government is uh, to protect its borders and the population in general. So just about every nation or every form of government has some sort of military. In the scriptures, we find many references that tie God to warfare. Therefore, warfare in its, of itself cannot inherently be evil. You know, consider these few examples. God is portrayed as a man of war in Exodus 15 and Psalms 24. 
In 1 Samuel 1, he's referred to as the Lord of hosts. And this is really a military designation, very similar to commander-in-chief. He's ordered Israel's armies to attack, led them into battle, and fought by their side in Exodus 14 and Numbers chapter 31. On more than one occasion, the Lord revealed the proper time to launch an offensive campaign. Isaiah 13 informs us that soldiers were, cons were considered his specially consecrated servants. And in a passage that Sam read for us, his priests were in Deuteronomy 20, his priests were commanded to accompany the army into to the battlefield to exhort the troops. Now, righteous nations do not view warfare as a sport and are reluctant to pursue this path. Nevertheless, there are times when conflict's unavoidable, and people of faith must stand up to be counted. They fight reluctantly, but courageously, for the preservation of their families. They, they find it regrettable, but necessary to stop the unchecked advance of evil. We have many members of this congregation with military ties. Some are veterans who served in past years. Some are on active duty today. And others are reserve members that could be called to duty at any time. Not everyone is capable of serving in the military, so those that do volunteer deserve our respect, our thanks, and our prayers. Unfortunately, it is possible for a government to be evil. So what are we supposed to do then? When the government commands us to do something that is disobedient to God's word, we must resist the government and obey God. And we have several examples of that also in the Bible. Like when the Sanhedrin commanded Peter and John to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, they replied, Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In the next chapter over, the command's repeated, and Peter answers, We must obey God rather than men. And in this morning's sermon, uh, Matt was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they refused to bow before uh, the king. And we know what happened to them. And also Daniel continued to pray in defiance of the king's edict in, cha in uh, Daniel chapter 6. So how could this apply to us? Consider the possibilities of, of these things happening. What if the government ever forbids us to gather as believers in an assembly like this? If that happens, we should gather anyway, because that's what we're commanded to do. If the government bans the Bible, says we can't have Bibles anymore, then we should still own Bibles and we should still distribute Bibles. If the government commands us not to say anything against homosexual behavior, we should still teach what the Bible says. You know, we're very lucky to live in the United States. You know, because to my knowledge, there are no laws that force us to violate the Word of God that we need to worry about. Now, our laws allow for some things that we should be against, but we're not forced to participate in them. Things like abortion, same-sex marriage, etc. So just like Paul says, we need to have no fear of those in authority over us, as long as we are obeying the laws. So my intention this evening is to bring attention to the important job those do that serve our country. Just out of curiosity, uh, for those that are here tonight, if I could see a show of hands for everyone who has ever worked in law enforcement or has served in the military, either past, present, or if you're in training to do so. 
So, you know, I want to say for me, you know, thank you for your service. I, I appreciate it. And church, I would ask if we could get an amen to that. So as I said, this talk is focused on those who serve our country and our towns, but perhaps there's somebody here in the audience today that would like to begin a life of serving Jesus by putting him on in baptism. Or perhaps someone here needs the special prayers of this congregation to get them through a difficult time. Whatever your need, I'd ask you to come as we stand and sing.